All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America. Happy Monday. Welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We've got a great show for you today. One guest, long form interview, former ambassador to Germany, former director of national intelligence. Rick Grinnell is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about everything, the crisis in Kosovo, the bias of reporters covering, and we're going to get this a second too, covering the Senate vote this weekend on the large tax and spend bill that passed by a single vote. Actually, Kamala Harris was the deciding vote in the Senate over the weekend. A lot of rhetoric, a lot of bias, a lot of lack of neutrality occurred in the reporting this weekend. You're going to get to see that because Rick Grinnell's been tweeting about it and highlighting it. We're going to have the latest from him. You're going to really enjoy it. We're going to do two full segments with Ambassador Grinnell. Really, really lucky for that. All right. Before we turn to that, let me give you a couple highlights from important top-level points that this new legislation, what's going to quickly go back to the House, and then it's going to be most likely passed and sent to Joe Biden, and it's going to become law. And it's going to put 700 billion dollars of more revenue into the economy that's already overheated, causing a major inflation problem. And now we're going to put a lot more, as some people say, kerosene on the fire. We'll have to wait and see what history shows. But it's a big spending number. It raises a lot of taxes. And that's an important point, because remember, President Biden said, I won't raise taxes on anyone who makes $400,000 a year or less. And a lot of the experts that we talked to over the weekend say that this is going to have taxes that directly impact those in the middle class, directly impact those way under $400,000. I suggest that you take a look at this. It's a really important story that we did. The headline was Biden's Inflation Reduction Act would increase taxes on nearly all Americans. And there are all sorts of analyses that are looked at. The Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation, by the way, a bipartisan Entity in Congress, both Democrats and Republicans equally serve on it, the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation, it concluded that nearly every American would see an increased tax by 2023 under the bill. That's very important. Even lower income individuals making less than 10,000 would see a tax. Federal taxes will increase by 1.9 billion on those earning between 50,000 and 75,000 
and by $10.8 billion on those earning between $100,000 and $200,000. Think about that. The bill says there are no new taxes on families making $400,000 or less. That's what it says. That's President Biden's promise. But guess what? That's not what the Joint Committee on Taxation, a bipartisan committee, said. Very scary what people are seeing and saying here, the lack of truth in the bill. A lot of times, in fact, all this was called all weekend was the Inflation Reduction Act. But here's another problem. The CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, by the way, another nonpartisan body of Congress, they said that it's going to have no effect or minimal effect on inflation, either either bringing it up one-tenth of a percent or bringing it down one-tenth of a percent. In other words, it's not going to reduce inflation. Yet it kept getting called that without reporters pointing out the CBO's very important analysis. So two nonpartisan bodies in Congress, which we're supposed to listen to because they're supposed to rise above politics, are calling into question the major tenets of this law really worth taking a look at. A second component of this weekend was, hey, Democrats got to win. They passed this bill. This is the Build Back Better light version, right? The original Build Back Better was $1.9 trillion. This is about $700 billion of revenue involved, a lot of tax increases. But while a victory for the Democrats, there are a lot of vulnerable Democrats, particularly in the Senate, where votes taken on amendments sponsored by Republicans are going to boomerang. They're going to become attack heads. They're going to be important in swing states. People like Senator Raphael Warnock, Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona, Warnock, of course, in Georgia, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto of Nevada, another one who's on the ropes against Adam Laxalt, who we've had on the show before. What were they asked to vote on? Well, they're asked to vote on rejecting the 87,000 new IRS agents that Joe Biden wants to hire in this bill. Massive expansion of $80 billion of the IRS. They were asked to vote for, and they voted against, an amendment that said only biological women can give birth to children. They voted against that. There are all sorts of very important votes that the Republicans forced on amendments that forced these vulnerable Democrats to vote against probably what their constituents want in order to get the bill through and into passage. Not unlike what happened a decade ago when the Democrats pushed through the Obamacare legislation and a lot of vulnerable middle America, moderate Democrats lost their jobs. These votes are going to come back and definitely have an impact on the fall election. They're going to be part of Republican attack ads, part of talking points. And I think real voters will have their own sort of view on this and similarly find frustration, find differences with these Democrats who took these hard votes. So two dynamics to watch in this week's voting that passed the massive spending taxes and climate bill that the Democrats got through the Senate by a 51-50 vote with Vice President Kamala Harris casting the deciding vote. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to spend the whole afternoon with former Ambassador Rick Grinnell, former Director of National Intelligence. Lots to talk about. I can't wait to ask about what it was like trying to deal with the FBI when they were declassifying documents or resisting declassifying documents of Russia collusion. I have a funny feeling Ambassador Grinnell has a twist or two, some new news to break on that. In addition, he's been calling out the media all weekend long in the coverage of the Senate bill. Can't wait to talk about that as well. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Ambassador Rick Grinnell for the entire show, we'll have two segments with him right after this. 
Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Always excited to have this next guest on. He is one of my favorite people to follow on social media because he calls out all the BS. He calls out my own colleagues in my own news profession when they show their biases. He's also one of the great strategic minds in all of diplomacy. He is the former acting director of the National Intelligence Directorate and the former ambassador to Germany. He is Rick Grinnell. Rick, great to have you back on the show, sir. John, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. I love what you were doing over the weekend because I was watching the coverage. I was leading our editing for the Senate vote on the big tax and spend bill. 
And you were just calling out in real time the extraordinary fluffery of mainstream media reporters. They're supposed to be neutral in this debate. Your thoughts on the media's coverage this weekend? You know, uh, what's happening in America right now is that our newsrooms are labeling uh, information that they're calling it disinformation when it's really dissenting information. And, you know, when I was growing up, my dad used to tell me, you know, sit and listen. Sit and listen to another argument. You might learn something. And I was always instructed to listen as someone else presented ideas, uh, listen to someone else's opinion, and then open your mouth and discuss the issues. And, and what we have right now is we've trained a generation of kids to run out of the room with their fingers in their ear when they hear something that they disagree with. There's an inability to actually debate issues. And now what we have is those kids have grown up after uh, being told to run out of the room, and now they're all journalists. And what they're doing is they're literally shutting down dissent by saying, you know, you're spreading disinformation, so we have to block you. We can't listen to you. So we, you know, they're, they're, these kids are now in charge of big tech, and they are uh, silencing and censoring uh, information that they don't like, and they're calling it disinformation. It's literally a crisis of debate. And uh, our media shamelessly still don't get it. And so I've decided that we can't stay silent. You got to, uh, you know, in a nice way, we're not going to call anybody names, but we are going to point out the failure that journalists have in allowing actual debate and shutting down dissent. And, you know, this is one thing that I'm sensitive about because I've traveled the world and worked at the State Department for 11 years. I can tell you that when other countries do this, when they shut down debate, when they uh, take away dissent, we usually call it out. We put it in a human rights report at the, at the State Department and we, we notify people that this government is acting like fascist governments. And yet we watch Washington, D.C., and that's what they're doing, and our media are all in on it. Yeah, it's really, really remarkable. There's a term that's been cropping up in the headlines now, in the New York Times and CNN. In fact, everyone's using it, and what you see is the adaptation of the media using the loaded term of the left rather than a more neutral term, election denier. Now, anyone who raises any questions about the 2020 election, and by the way, I wrote a story recently, 21 confirmed illegalities and irregularities in the 2020 election. They're called election deniers. They're not denying elections occurred. They're, they're challenging some of the tactics and legal decisions made. How damaging a term is that to the truth? Well, it's another thing where they just are shutting down dissent. Um, it's, it's, you know, the same thing when I was acting director of national intelligence, and we kept saying that Russia is interfering in our elections. Um, I tried to tell uh, the media and I pushed our intelligence agencies to say, that's not true. What, what we have to do is we have to be very clear. What Russia is doing is spreading propaganda. That's what we used to call it. They are spreading pop propaganda in America on every single issue. They're doing it to sow discontent and what they're trying to do is impact the debate that we're having about issues, which may or may not be about an election, but it's not changing 
votes and what the intelligence community recklessly was doing by following the left talking points is saying Russia was interfering in our elections. They were interfering in our election debate not in our elections. And most people were thinking that Russia was going in and changing vote tallies. And that, that's not true. They're, they're, they haven't done that. And so it's, it's reckless. And now what we see this extension of election deniers, what I love is, you know, if you take what they're saying to the next level, they're saying when they attack these election deniers who are rising to power or running for office, what they're saying is, elections can be manipulated by politicians because they're fearing conservatives who come into uh, office, but yet they told us that the political people can't manipulate elections. What we've been told all along is the elections are totally, uh, it is what it is, they're secure, and politicians and political people couldn't possibly manipulate an election. Well, now that conservatives are running for these offices, they're saying, wait a minute, beware, because if the conservatives get in, they're going to man manipulate elections. Well, why isn't that true when the Democrats are in? Are they manipulating the elections? These people are are literally bankrupt when it comes to intellectual honesty. Yeah, and it's dangerous to the future of our country, because if the media are aligned with one side of the party, we, we built a whole system where media neutrality was really important. It's really beginning to have a effect. The referees are actually on the dole now. They're, they're actually in the middle of this, putting their thumb on the scale. It's remarkable. I just thought you did such a great job over the weekend with your Twitter feed calling out. I hadn't seen somebody, somebody go, oh my God, that's just shameful. There was some stuff in Axios stuff and John LaMera, I think you called out a couple times. Well, he's one of the worst, let's be honest. He, he rose to this idea that he was going to work for the Associated Press and be someone who was, you know, neutral. And while he was working at the Associated Press, he was an MSNBC uh, left-wing commentator who would sit on the panel for Morning Joe. And every single time they would bash Republicans and completely manipulate what was actually happening, you had the Associated Press, Washington, D.C. reporter, Jonathan Lemaire, who would literally take the side of the left-wing pundits from his perch as an Associated Press wire service reporter. It was so outrageous to me that the AP allowed that to happen. And yet, you know, it did, and now he's moved on, and now he's at political shame. Shame on a Axel Springer, the German... Uh, entity that owns Politico now. Shame on them for hiring this guy. And, and they also hired Daphna Linzer to be the editor of Politico. Now, I've known Daphna for a very long time. Me as well. I worked with her at the AP. Yeah. Worked with her at the AP, and she was up at the UN when I was there. And I, I would get in knockdown, drag out debates with her back. It, at my days in the UN, because as an Associated Press reporter, she was a left-wing loon. She was an advocate, and I would constantly point this out. Well, guess what? She went on to run MSNBC.com, and now she's at Politico. So again, shame on Axel Springer for hiring advocates who pose as neutral journalists. This is an epidemic in Washington, D.C., 
It's just, it is remarkable. And you've just done such a good job calling it out. And listen, the words speak for themselves. All you have to do is look at the language these reporters are using to realize they're cheerleading. They're not reporting. They're putting their thumb on the scale of the American opinion rather than trying to give us just facts and let us make up our own mind. And great job pointing it out because it's a real public service. I want to turn to something that a lot of people don't realize, but it's a tinderbox right now. We're worried about Russia, Ukraine for all the right reasons. We're worried about Taiwan with China. <laughs> Good reasons there. And I want to ask you about that in a second. But Kosovo right now feels like a place that's about to erupt. Tell us what's going on and why you're so concerned. Well, what's what's really, I think, sad is you can add this to the long list of what Joe Biden has messed up internationally, whether it's Afghanistan or China or the Houthis or the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, where he's removed the, the, the Trump sanctions on the Russian pipeline. Uh, now we have to worry about the Balkans. And in the Trump administration, we had negotiated four economic normalization agreements. Kosovo and Serbia were moving towards economic normalization. They had agreed to do a flight between Pristina and Belgrade. Unprecedented, unbelievable that they would begin to open the border and share uh, economic relations in a way that would really bring jobs to the region. Well, now today we have uh, Kosovo, uh, the the left-wing leader, his name is Alvin Kurti, has decided to unilaterally jump forward and create um, really, I think, a crisis around license plates. Um, it gets complicated, but the, the reality is, is that neither side are recognizing each other's license plates. And then there are members of uh, there are Serbs living inside Kosovo who refuse to get a Kosovo license plate. So there has been solutions to in the past with stickers that that both sides put on. But now what we have is Alvin Kurti jumping forward and saying, we're going to ignore all of the agreements beforehand, and we're going to unilaterally uh, cause this crisis where we're going to start requiring different license plates. And look, I I have to be honest with you. He, He has one point in that there needs to be a recognition that if you live in Kosovo, you need to have a Kosovo license plate. And yet the border issue, if you are from Serbia and you go into Kosovo, you should be able to uh, keep your Serbian license plate and just go into Kosovo. And uh, if you're living as a Serb citizen, and you want to have a Serb license plate, but you have a home in Kosovo. That's, a, that's also another issue. But these, these are issues we can work through. These are issues that when there's an American leader uh, pushing forward and having people sit down, you can work through these issues. My issue is that Alvin Kurti has jumped ahead, unilaterally made these decisions. It's causing chaos. And guess who's in charge? The Europeans are in charge. What the Biden administration did is take away the American leadership that the Trump administration had. And they said, our position, the American position is that Europe is in charge of the Balkans. And so therefore, uh, we've got chaos. We've got, you know, lack of European leadership. And this is the problem. I still believe, John, that if, that if we had an American that would sit down with both Kosovo and Serbia, 
that the license plate issue could be absolutely worked out. They're, they're both sides need to uh, allow license plates from each other's side to freely go through the border. Uh, and we had made a lot of progress on this issue, and yet there's no American, no White House, no Biden administration person in charge of negotiations. They're allowing the Europeans to mess this up, which is just you know terrible, and it, it's going to be uh, a greater conflict if we allow it to continue this way. Yeah, it's really remarkable. And when you look at the alliances, Serbia has a lot of alliance with Russia. Clearly, Putin's enjoying stirring the pot in Europe. This is one that could boil real quickly. Do you think this escalates into something more than a diplomatic crisis right now? Well, it, uh, first of all, what I want to say is, is that it, it's solvable. It shouldn't. And, and right now, this has nothing to do with Russia, but you are right that like all these situations, Russia is going to take advantage and go in and try to manipulate and use propaganda to try to have, you know, a another crisis. And what the Europeans need to understand is that, you know, once again, they're being manipulated by outside forces and by the Russians. And yet, you know, right now, the solution by Europe is in Brussels, they're going to have a meeting on the 18th well that's too late i mean we're sitting literally you know waiting almost two weeks before they actually meet now i can just tell you if the trump if president trump was still in charge we would have immediately had somebody there uh and and bringing the parties together to say let's work this out this is easily work something that we can work out let's talk about it and let's develop a solution yeah, it's so important. And it's that leading from behind. It's letting the Europeans take the lead on something that the war back in the 90s, it was the Americans that ultimately solved it. It's leading from behind seems to be the primary foreign policy approach to this administration. It seems to come at a big cost. Do you think at any point if the election turns, obviously Republicans get control, Biden changes his view or are we in for this for four straight years? I, I think when it comes to the Balkans in particular, that um, if Republicans take over, they will demand that there's more action, that there is a better um, role for the Americans. Now, whether or not Biden will listen to the Senate is another thing, but I know that the House and the Senate leadership will demand that there is more action from the U.S. and that you don't just allow the Europeans to, you know, kind of mess it up and to once again pretend like they're doing something. Look, the Europeans have been given many opportunities to try to get member states in the Balkans to get on the EU path. And, you know, this, this boils down, and we got to be honest, it's Germany. They don't want new EU members, so they're going to pretend like they're allowing EU uh, application process, but make no mistake, they're not interested and having new EU members. And so they're going to keep this process uh, a phony process for as long as they can. Yeah, status quo is actually what they're arguing for despite their rhetoric. It's really interesting to watch that. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more from our interview with Ambassador Rick Rinell right after this. 
Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back more with our interview with Rick Grinnell, the former U.S. ambassador to Germany and the former director of national intelligence. I want to flip to elections here. Donald Trump has put his imprimatur on candidates from the Senate all the way down to local elections. It's a very strong slate of candidates. And when you look at election, you always look at, do we have the money? Do we have the candidates? And then do we have the ground game? It seems like the first two are really falling into place. Your thoughts on the America First slate of candidates and their potential in the fall election? Well, we have some really exciting candidates across the board. I mean, you look at Tudor Dixon and Carrie Lake running for governors in uh, as governor in Michigan and Arizona, um, you know, outsiders, um, different perspective, moms. I just love it. And it's something that I think would really shake up the political system in Michigan and Arizona. And you look at some of the Senate races, you know, I'm, I'm helping uh, as much as I can with Adam Laxalt, my close friend who's running for the Senate in Nevada, fantastic candidate an amazing person, an amazing father. Um, He's just somebody that we need in the Senate with his perspective and courage. And and then there are people, you know, who are running for um, attorney general. Um, In Arizona, we've got a young guy named Abraham Hamaday who's running for attorney general. Very impressive guy. Very, very impressive, strong, courageous U.S. military intel officer, worked in the Middle East, speaks Arabic. Um, you know, he, he, here we have people who have stepped up and decided that they're going to help save America. And uh, I, I can't help but think that this is the Jeffersonian principle. This is what we've been waiting for is to have regular people step up and this say, is you know, a I don't recognize three... my country, I got to fight back. 
there's that sense of determination, no matter what the media throws at them, what the Democrats throw them, they don't get off message. They stay focused. And in years past, you would see some Republican candidates kind of buckle, they would adapt, and then all of a sudden they lose some of their uniqueness. This group really sticks to its guns on all the policy issues. And I think that's going to be one of its defining characteristics headed into the fall. What do you see as the fall outcome when you look at the Senate, the House? It seems like this is a pretty strong opportunity for Republicans to get majorities and to start to push back against Biden. Do you feel good about it, so? I, I feel really good about the the House candidates. Uh, we're doing a lot of work in um, California. I run an organization called SixCalifornia.com, and we are pushing hard to get conservatives uh, to believe that California is changeable. So we've got a lot of people getting active and getting active in, in races. Um, so uh, I'm really proud of that. I think the House is going to do well. The Senate is, you know, close and people need to get involved if they uh, live in Nevada or Wisconsin, Pennsylvania or Georgia or Arizona, those five states. The, those are key states for the Senate. You, you want to stop the Biden agenda and you live in those states, you better get off your seat and you better get involved. And when you look at the votes that these moderate Democrats were forced to take over the weekend during the vote-a-rama, voting against the idea that only women can have give birth, voting against reducing the size of the IRS or making sure the middle class isn't disproportionately affected, those are votes that make really strong attack ads. Do you think they will break through to the everyday public over the fall? Well, I think when the public gets to see these people, then they, they, they will absolutely vote against some of these phonies who pretend to be moderates. Let's just take Catherine Cortez Masto in Nevada. You know, most people don't, have never heard of her. She's, she's really been silent. She's been there for six years, but she's reason why you don't hear of her is because even though it's a swing state of Nevada, she is solidly voting with Biden. There's no irony with Catherine Cortez Masto. She, she, she could have had the path to be like a Kristen Cinema or Joe Manchin and to think about issues and to be one of the gettables. No, not, not Catherine Cortez Masto. I think she's just solidly with Biden. And, uh, you know, look, I have this theory that she's so progressive and so proud to be progressive. You know, she's with, she's not with parents. She's with, you know, drag queens who are uh, trying to do uh, story time to children uh, and she's so comfortable with that that I actually, John, I don't think that she wants to win. I think she wants to be in Biden's cabinet when she loses. And the only way to be in Biden's cabinet is to be a progressive. There's no room for moderates. And so she she realizes she's going to lose. She lives in Washington, loves Washington, wants to be in the cabinet. And so therefore, she's got to go down with the progressive ship. And so she's not remotely trying to be even in the middle. And, and the people of Nevada need to realize that. Yeah, that's a big race. That's one I think a lot of people watch. I'm starting to hear some pollsters look at Colorado, too, that that might become in play with Michael Bennett. It'd be very interesting to see. But though you named the four big ones that everyone has to keep an eye on. Last question. You did such great work at ODNI. It was your work that broke the dam and started to get the big documents out into the public about Russia collusion. Now we're seeing these whistleblowers showing that Russia collusion isn't misconduct. There wasn't in isolation that they were trying to thwart the Hunter Biden case. They were trying to open up cases on Republicans without a predicate. How sick is the system inside the FBI? Is it really broken? I know there's a lot of good people in the FBI. 
How concerned are you about its ability to keep politics out? Well, the leadership is not willing to keep politics out, and that's the problem. We've got a real crisis when it comes to uh, the leadership at the FBI and the leadership at DOJ. I do think that the rank and file folks are beginning to get sick of it. Um, I know a lot of them, and they've been, you know, very nervous about, you know, the the political payback that would come if they spoke up. I'll give you one quick example, John. I, um, you know, when I was trying to declassify information and, and unredact a lot of the information that had been redacted and, you know, taken away so that the public can't see, um, I, I went through a variety of different things and I just thought there is no source or a method that I'm going to reveal if I declassify this and release it to the public. The benefit to the public, though, was to showcase all of the people that were on CNN and MSNBC and cable news lying to the public about a whole bunch of different issues. And and so when I decided that I was going to declassify the information, I, I wanted to triple check to make sure that I wasn't missing something. So I asked the FBI and DOJ to approve what I was about to do. And there was a lot of pushback from the leadership. And it didn't make any sense. They didn't give me any good reason. So I pushed back and said, well, let me talk to the individuals on here because we keep a record of who, who redacted information. I said, I'd like to talk to these FBI agents who actually redacted this information. And oh boy, they did not want me to have access to them. Yeah, God forbid the boss talk to them, right? <laughs> but I did, I pushed through, and because I had the position, I was able to do it. And I pushed through and I went to DOJ and I sat and I had a meeting. And I said, you know, look, I'm, I'm about to uh, release this information, but I'm, I'm asking you to tell me if this is truly a source or a method, point it to me. What am I missing here? And you know, John, that the FBI rank and file agents who did that said to me, we agree with you. We didn't redact this. Our bosses did. And it was so obvious to me that there was a political manipulation from up top that I left that meeting and I had the approval of the FBI agents that that had their name on the redaction uh, only because their bosses were too wimpy and lacked courage to put their own name on it because it was their decision. And I've had FBI agents. And this occurred on Chris Ray's rocks, right? This is when Chris Ray's in charge. Yeah, of course. I, I told President Trump we got to get rid of him. He was he was terrible. He, he first of all he didn't understand what was happening. He was so aloof to what was happening down below and had just a knee-jerk reaction to everything just to protect the status quo. I mean, he, he's a creature of the FBI and he views everything as a PR exercise. Don't criticize the FBI. Don't talk about any failures at the FBI because he, he loves the brand and it was a brand exercise. And, and I would say to him and others, you know, the American public, they don't trust you. And you are going to improve the credibility of your organization if you admit mistakes. Then people will see that you're not perfect. They don't think you're perfect. Don't fall down that trap that everybody thinks everything that the FBI does is, is right and, and is implemented perfectly. 
Yeah. And he would gain so much credibility by disciplining and breaking down the things that are wrong, fixing it, rather than let it go on and sweep it under the rug. It hit such a weird moment last week where he's glad to talk about the J6 prosecutions. But then the second you talk about Hunter Biden, I can't talk about an ongoing investigation. But wait a second, you just talked about the J6 ongoing investigation. The dual system of how he deflects and answers questions, I think, really exposed him for the politician. Can I, can I say one thing? I know we're running out of time, but I just want to say one thing about the J6 committee, because I think this is really important. Other countries, third world countries, when they don't want their political opponents to run against them, they crush them legally and they, they launch investigations where there is just one-sided uh, judges. And what is shameful in this country, and people need to start speaking up about it, is that the entire J6 committee structure agrees with each other. There's not a single dissenting voice on an investigation committee of Congress. That is so un-American and, and scary that we just need to reject everything about the January 6th committee. The media should be rejecting it and should, they should be saying, until you have a debate and a dissenting voice you know, the, I've watched these um, hearings as much as I can without getting completely bored. Uh, the, the, the idea that they're not showing Donald Trump tweeting out peacefully protest, that right there shows his intent was always peaceful. And, and yet they, they refuse to, to point that out. And there's no one on the committee willing to push back. It's a scary process. Um, you know, I guess what I can say is I'm waiting for January 6th, the musical. <laughs> yeah, it may not be far behind. I'm sure Adam Schiff's working on that. This object of lawfare, you're right. There are a lot of academics that are studying lawfare saying, hey, this is the future of warfare, which is the best way to do it is to attack people in the courts and get rid of your opponents and manipulating the courts. And it's happening before our eyes and so few people are speaking up. You're one of the brave people to speak up for it. But... It is un-American. The ability to avoid it is what separated us from banana republics. We're looking more like the banana republics today. It's really remarkable. Well, I, I want to break a little news here. I won't give you too much details, but I am um, today, this afternoon, you'll hear, I am launching a lawsuit, a defamation lawsuit against uh, someone who everybody will know who has publicly defamed me and uh, I've had enough of all of these lies and, and fake news articles. And so we're pushing back and filing in court today. Wow. That is a big moment. We'll have to be watching that this afternoon. That's big. We well, heard it here, folks. First here on John Solomon Reports. Ambassador Grinnell, it's always an honor to have you on. We learn so much. You have a clarity when you talk that people understand exactly what you mean. There's no mincing of words. We love that. Thanks so much for joining us today. All the best, John. Thanks for having me. You as well. All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping 
dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. A big thanks to Ambassador Rick Grinnell for spending so much time with us. It's rare to get a full half hour with someone as busy as the ambassador. But I think we hit a lot of important themes. I was thinking about his lawsuit. That's going to become news in the next 24 hours. I was thinking about the bias, the lack of neutrality that he sees in the mainstream media, the story of these reporters and what they're talking about. We've reached out to some of those, Daphne Linzer, Jonathan Lemire, others, to get their reaction. But, you know, at the end of the day, the ambassador is talking about his perspective as a former senior member of the U.S. government as an ambassador, as a director of national intelligence. But I think the most important point he made, the story about Chris Ray, the FBI, resisting transparency on the Russia collusion case, more worried about the PR optics about the brand of the FBI than getting the Americans the truth about what was a great abuse by some in the FBI. Very powerful words, very powerful perspective from someone who lived it. Let's keep in mind, Rick Grinnell isn't looking... In from the outside, he was absolutely running the declassification effort. And I think that's what gives him such credibility when you hear the words of what he was talking about. Really important stuff. All right, folks, before we go, I want to mention one of the offerings from our great partners here at Just the News, at John Solomon Reports, at Just the News, Not Noise, the television show. I run a small business. I know HR is important, but I also don't want to deal with it. Unless I absolutely have to, I'd like to be able to give it to someone, not worry about it because they're a pro. Well, guess what? Doing that doesn't have to break your bank. My good friends at Bambi, that's B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi, have a perfect HR solution. They have dedicated HR executives available for your team so that everything from email and onboarding and terminations are run smoothly by the law buy the book, exactly what you want. You take that worry off your plate because you're running the business like I am. And of course, what happens is your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. By the way, they're changing all the time. I live in the District of Columbia. There's new regulations coming out all the time. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback without missing a beat. That's really important. And remember, all their HR managers, including the one you'll get as a dedicated HR professional for your team are all living in the United States. They know what's going on because they're in America. They're versant with the laws. And one of the great things about this, you can get one of those dedicated HR managers from Bambi for as little as $99 a month. I'm not making that up. That's How can I afford that? That's how their plan works. They are amazing. And they have set up a very special way for anyone who's running a company listening to the show right now who's reading Just the News, to take advantage of it. All you got to do is visit Bambi, B-A-M-B-E dot com slash Just News. That's really easy to remember. B-A-M-B-E dot com slash Just News. Right now, you'll get a free HR audit. It'll get you started. You'll find out what 
Bambi can do for your company, what sort of dedicated HR manager can do for you, how you can automate all those important tasks, staying up with HR regulations, making sure that training, feedback, and policies are done the right way in anything that's a crisis, a termination, a hiring, an onboarding, it gets done without you having to worry about it. That is what Bambi offers. That is a good deal. All right, folks, thanks for listening. A big thanks to Ambassador Grinnell for spending so much time with us. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Until then, if you need a news fix 24-7, we got you covered at justthenews.com. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.